0: You're listening to the Prison Poetry Workshop Podcast. I'm Ren Smith. Here we present readings, commentary, recordings, and stories about the little known and even less understood literary tradition of prison poetry. Today, we hear from esteemed poet. Etheridge Knight.
1: Taped to the wall of my cell are 47 pictures, 47 black faces, my father, mother, grandmothers, one dead, grandfathers, both dead, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, cousins, first and second, nieces and nephews.
0: In 1960, Knight was convicted of armed robbery and sentenced to 10 to 25 years in prison, of which he served eight. He became a poet behind bars and explored isolation, abuse, and racism, among other things. You just heard a bit of one of his most famous poems, The Idea of Ancestry. In it, Knight gives us a sense of what it's like to stare at the photos of relatives waiting for you on the outside.
2: It was a place that I know that I would never want to be in. Drury looking. Even on a sunny day, it was Drury
0: looking. Knight's little sister, Janice, would make the journey from Indianapolis to Michigan City, Indiana to see her big brother and doesn't remember prison life hardening him or making him cynical.
2: Well, I had got grown by that time, and so I was had went out a lot of times to visit him in Michigan City and everything, and, and he always seemed happy. I mean, you know, I, I don't remember ever seeing him down, but then too I'm his little sister, so as a big brother, I guess he's always going to seem happy to me, and he was.
0: As a young black woman growing up in the 1960s, it was refreshing to have an older brother who could help put a changing world in perspective.
2: Even though he was in prison, he done a lot of uplift to me, you know. And I think he understood a lot of things. I could write him to tell him what was going on with my life, and he would write me back and tell me different opinions of, about things.
0: Knight was in prison during those years that Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X., and the Black Panther Party emerged as political forces and cultural icons. He had grown up with Black history and the all-Black schools of the South. He was influenced by the folk stories that rooted him in the voices of his tradition, and he was arguably in prison for so many years because of race. Black men across America who were writing and speaking out couldn't ignore what was going on. Poet James Depp was friends with Knight before and after his incarceration.
1: You know, everybody, especially black people, I mean, like you said, since we were under siege with with all the racism and uh, that we had to speak out against it in our art. And that was the only legal way we could do it. And then people would listen
0: and reevaluate the way
1: that they viewed life.
0: But Knight may have never fully embodied radical black nationalism. The poet was too open-hearted, too willing to make a human connection to cut anyone off because of ideology. Here he is in a 1989 interview.
1: In the joint I was in there some guys who had been in there a long time and they'd lost contact with, they never received any mail or any visits, and, and there was this group of women, uh, matrons, suburbanites, like, who would come and visit with these men. We call them do-gooders. And this particular day, a guy came to my job and said, hey, Knight, you got, you got a visit. And I went and put on my press jeans and ran up and looked out in the visiting room and I didn't see a black face out there. So I said, I ain't got no visit, you know, so we, we started to bickering.
0: His visitor, it turned out, was one of these do-gooders. And Knight penned a poem about what happened next.
1: A wasp woman visits a black junkie in prison. After explanations and regulations, he walked warily in. Black hair covered his chin, subscribing to villainous ideal this cannot be real he thought this is a classical mistake this is a cake baked with embarrassing icing somebody's got likely as not a big fat tongue in cheek what have i to do with the prim blue and proper blooded lady christ indeed has risen when a junkie in prison visits with a wasp woman (laughs) hold your stupid face man learn a little grace man drop a notch the sacred shield She might have good reason, like, I was in prison and ye visited me not, or some such. So, sweep clear anachronistic fear, fight the fog, and use no hot words. After the seating and the greeting, they fished for a denominator, common or uncommon, and could only summon up the fact that both were human. Be at ease, man, try to please, man. The lady is as lost as you. You got children, ma'am? He said aloud. The thrust broke the dam and their lines wiggled in the water. She offered no pills to cure his many ills, no compact sermons, but small and funny talk. My baby began to walk, simply cannot keep his room clean. Her chatter sparked no resurrection and truly no shackles were shaken. But after she had taken her leave, he walked softly and for hours used no hot words.
0: Knight had fought hard to arrive as a poet, but may not have been successful without a little help.
1: You know, it was like three years, nothing but rejects. And finally, I had a poem accepted by the Negro Digest. It was a sister uh, magazine to Ebony. I'd been sending poems for months to Hart Fuller, who was the editor, and he told Gwendolyn Brooks about me. I suppose he said, Hey, here's this guy over in the prison in Indiana keeps sending me all these poems. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she wrote to him and asked me to see some of my poems. Then Dudley Randall, who's a publisher of Broadside Press, was one of the most energetic black presses during the 60s, published
0: my first book. Poems in prisons, mainly. uh, Poems about my world. The poetry of Pulitzer Prize winner Gwendolyn Brooks had been widely published for decades before she started writing to talented upstart Etheridge Knight. She was excited by his potential. Here, at the Penn Center in 1986, Brooks tells of receiving a submission from Knight called The Sun Came Out.
2: Long ago, I wrote a little poem called Truth, identifying truth as sunshine. The opening two lines of which were, and if sun comes, how shall we greet him? Well, Etheridge replied to that. The sun came, Miss Brooks,
0: after all the night years. Gwendolyn Brooks began to visit Knight in prison. She critiqued his poems, gave him feedback, and helped develop his voice. Another pivotal moment came when Knight answered a certain call for submissions issued by a small but whip-smart publishing house called Broadside Press.
2: Ether's Knight sought Dudley Randall out.
0: That's Melba Boyd. She worked at Broadside Press alongside the now late Randall, she said that, like Gwendolyn Brooks, Randall immediately saw how gifted Knight was and did everything he could to help him.
2: Dudley actually went to the prison um, in Indiana. I mean, he actually visited him there and he worked with him, workshopped his poems with him at the prison. I mean, you know, that's a lot. You can do it from Michigan and about, you know, it's, it's it would probably be at least five hours, I would think.
0: The partnership between Knight, Brooks, and Randall produced a full collection of works that transported readers into Knight's cell.
1: Poems in prisons, mainly. Uh, poems about my world.
0: Its poetry reflected the values of the Black arts movement, an analysis of deep structural racism, an unapologetic embrace of black culture and a reimagining of black history. Melba Boyd says that after Broadside Press published *Night*, something interesting happened. The Broadside office was suddenly inundated with letters and poems from prisoners, showing exactly how deeply Knight's work had resonated.
2: They were they were coming from everywhere. They were coming from prisons. This is a very strong consciousness-raising period.
0: Knight was released from prison in 1968. At just 37, he'd already been a soldier, a prisoner, and an addict. Now, he was a published poet, one who would, within just a few years, receive a coveted Guggenheim Fellowship and a grant from the National Endowment of the Arts. But most importantly, his poetry inspired hundreds of future poets in and out of prison. It spoke to a generation of young black men who wanted to find a voice and explore their rich African-American roots. Those letters that streamed into Broadside Press in Detroit, they were just the beginning. I'm Ren Smith, We'll be back next week with more prison poetry. To find out how you can lend your voice to our poetry archive, go to prisonpoetryworkshop.org.